Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Numbers come first. Welcome to another episode of Life's Inside Track with Yetta Decker. Ken Decker. And... Suzanne Hart. If you haven't gotten to know her yet, you're getting going to continue to get to know her even better because not only are we going to share thoughts, truths, techniques, and tips about real estate and really living the best life possible and making good with your money, we've been talking about this, you're actually going to get to hear the continuation of Suzanne's story as a first-time investor. Well, she already has her home, so some might say she's a second-time investor. But a first-time investor when it comes to with the intentionality of investing in real estate. So this is kind of like reality radio. (laughs) And reality YouTube. (laughs) I thought I'd never do a reality show. And here you are on on Ken and and Deckers. Ken and Deckers. (laughs) Wow, I got rented lips today. But that's all good. Ken and Yetta's reality show. And so looking in person needs to come after the numbers. Absolutely. Many people want to go out and look at properties before they get their financial ducks. And I understand you don't have ducks. I don't have ducks. But you told me I had What's ducks. What's your house heated with? Oh, ducks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. You have heating ducks. I do. Okay. I didn't even see that one coming. And Suzanne announced before we went on air that she does not have ducks. So why are we talking about her financial ducks being in a row? And Ken just zipped at .com (laughs) until we were live with you. And so the amazing thing is there is an order to invest. So on the first show that we did with Suzanne, the entire episode, we talked about should she stay in the house she's in? Should she go? What does she still need to do to get all her financial assets in order to know whether or not it's the right time to buy. And so we really began the preliminary conversation. So if you haven't seen that episode, you will want to go back because this is going to be something where you get to follow along with Suzanne for as long as it takes for her to purchase her first intentional investment property. Yeah. So, Suzanne, you you started getting your finances in order. Mm -hmm. And I think for many of the people that we talk to, that's the first step, really. It's the first step is talk to a mortgage broker, uh, find out, you know, where where you're at financially. And so tell us a little bit about how long have you been waiting to invest? That's one of my questions. Oh, that's a great question. I've been waiting a number of years and it wasn't that I wasn't ready. I think I said this on the last show was that... I couldn't find a great guide. And I have talked to, I've spoken to a lot of real estate agents. However, there was something missing for me. Mm. And I think it is in my mind, I've, I've, it takes, it's hard to earn your income. It takes time to compile and do all of the stuff to lay the groundwork. And I, there wasn't anyone that I felt confident that could guide me around investing where I felt safe where I mm. felt like they had my best interest in, at hand versus just another real estate transaction. Because I was looking for retirement growth. I was looking for a strategy. 
and people wanted to sell me a home, not actually explore a long-term strategy. So it was when I sat down with the two of you that we started naturally talking about strategy and naturally talking about options and naturally talking about all these different things that I felt like I found them. I found the people I need to do this with. So that's kind of the way. Cool. So long. So how long ago did you buy your house? Uh, I bought my house, I think it's 10 years now. 10 years. Okay. So you've built up some nice equity in it, I'm assuming. Yep. Well, we talked about that a little bit on the last episode, right? There's a significant amount of equity there. Mm -hmm. And so now the conversation was, do we buy another one? Do we keep this one? Do we sell this one? What are we going to do with all of that? And we felt that before we could really decide all those things is you needed to get your money picture in crystal clear. Absolutely. So did you talk to a mortgage broker? I have spoken to a mortgage broker. So where we're at right now, I was in the middle of waiting for things to come back. So I own a business and I also have my personal taxes. So those are now in and to her. Um, All my paperwork is in at her office. So it was like, what do, what do my debts look like? Luckily I don't have a lot. So that's really good. Um, what do I have savings? Do I have other investments? So it's getting all that information over to her. So that's where that's at right now. So I'm waiting for her to kind of bring, send me back options and strategies and all those different things. Okay. So you're self-employed. So Mm -hmm. for someone who's employed, it's, it's a little simpler because you basically Hand in your your T fours and and uh, and your and your pay tax stuff returns and and, yeah. and, and your mm-hmm. notice of assessments and away you go. Now for self employed, it's a little different because there's you have expenses that you write yeah. off, and so they want to see more than just how much money you made. They want to see your your T one generals, which is the whole tax return. Yeah, and then they also want to see the notice of assessment. For, did they ask for two years? For two years, yes. Yeah, and did they ask proof that your taxes were paid? Yep. Okay. Done so, and done. Done and done. <laughs> done and done. And the reason we said first we got to get that in order is because until we've got some sense of the ability to purchase, there's no point in going to look at a mm. house. Like, get the numbers done first. The number of times I've had really dear, wonderful clients call and say, let's go looking. I go, whoa, let's just back up a minute. Let's back up the train just a tiny bit or the bus. We can look online. We can, looking online to get an education, to get an understanding. But really, you don't want to go into property because if you fall in love with something, you're not equipped to buy it anyway. And for me, the I, I appreciate the looking online. And I appreciate mm-hmm. the, you know, I get these emails from from the two of you with you know what's happening in my area, what are the investment properties in my area, and what it's done for me is kind of it's one it's made it real, yeah. Two is it's made made me see that oh I can do this. This is in my ballpark, and surprisingly a lot of different types of options that were there. So I really appreciate that. It also got me thinking of you know we were talking about maybe me selling my house and buying. Uh, two two investment properties, and I and we talked about I like space, I like open concept, and so on and so forth. And a lot of the 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 properties that were coming available were they weren't old, but they were older, and the rooms were smaller, and that was a concern for me. 
And so it was great to talk that through with you and then walk through my house and look at how can we turn mm-hmm. it into an, an investment property, which we, that was a conversation that was on the table. Yeah. So just doing that preliminary work was so helpful and also put my mind at ease in many ways. Mm-hmm. So just being able to see properties online yeah. before we even went to look at it, because we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Mm-hmm. Before we even did that, just being able to see what the options yeah. were out there made it come to life for you. It did. And it, it was like, we've started, it's real. And, uh, and you know, when you think of doing these things, you think about it, and I don't know about anyone else, but it's always bigger than, you know, bigger than I think it is. And so what this did was it kind of put the, I, I started doing numbers and going, oh, well, yeah, this really does look doable. This is really possible. And so it shifted my thinking in terms of we started, it's real. Let's really start planning. It just became different for me. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Now, Jim Rohn has a quote that says, formal education will make you a living, but self-education will make you a fortune. So true. Can staying put be the answer to moving? We are excited that we've created for you free access to over 503 Life's Inside Track, where we share insider tips, real estate insights, investing strategies. And the great news is you can get access to them on the go at home or the office, and you can find them on YouTube or the radio on CHRI. Now, that just doesn't make a lot of sense, eh? The answer to moving is staying put? Yeah, it is. So what we're going to learn in this episode is after Suzanne who were having a conversation about her journey. So you get to listen in to to Suzanne's journey of buying her first intentional investment property. Right. All right. And And now we're saying... So Suzanne, you're saying that after examining all the chips on the board Mm -hmm. and thinking about moving, you think maybe staying where you are is the best move. Well, I, we've come to that possible conclusion. One was you kind of alluded to that when we were talking in terms of maybe the best thing is staying. And as I began to think about it, and we actually went out and, and walked through a property just to get a sense. And what struck me about that property, we were, actually we did two because I went with you because you had an appointment. So I went to walk through. And then we went and walked the neighborhoods right. as well, or neighborhood. Yeah. And I kept saying, Yetta, these rooms are so small, like small. And if you come to my house, my living space and my kitchen and my dining room is this very open, eerie, high ceiling space. And Yetta said, well, I'm not sure you'll kind of find that. <laughs> And I went, oh. So it opened up the conversation. I back on to no one. So everywhere we went, you had people on all sides of you. Um, There's a green space. I have a lot of privacy. So there was all these benefits to staying where I was. Plus, we then started looking at, can we turn this? Because I only use really a part of my house. Can we turn it into a potential investment property? As we began to walk through and look at all those options, it became like, maybe this is where I'm supposed to be and turn it into something like else and put it to work for me. 
So Right. And then still buy an investment property, just not move into the investment property. Absolutely. So staying put where you are, turning it into an investment property and purchasing an investment property using some of the equity in this house. Absolutely. Therefore, leveraging what you've already built in the home you're in over Mm -hmm. the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And we did explore that in the other show that we did. And I think at that point, I was thinking that likely ain't going to happen. Like likely what we're going to do is go and replace it and sell it, take all the money and maybe buy two at once. Right. But this way we really do buy two at once, don't we? we? And we just don't have to have land transfer tax. Yeah. Like there's a lot of expenses that we avoid. Absolutely. And I think, and I think the bottom line for me was putting my properties to work for me. It wasn't necessarily moving. It was leveraging where I live that works for me even when I'm not there. And that was the key. Right. So you love where you live. It wasn't like you were dissatisfied with your home. No, 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 not, no, not at all. Mm -hmm. Well, I heard that you loved your backyard, the privacy. Mm Mm-hmm. You back onto a ravine parkland, yeah, right? conservation land. Yeah, okay. Um, your location is good. You can walk to uh, stores if you want, mm-hmm. and trails. Lots more of important. Walk, lots of walking trails. Oh, that's mm-hmm. very nice. And so you, so the combination of your your upstairs was suited for you perfectly, right. and you have a beautiful private backyard. So how are you thinking of what? Are, what are you thinking of doing with your with your basement? You're talking. Well, yet as you know, with your guidance and your input, uh, it was we talked about an in-law suite. Was that yeah. it? And and so an in-law suite and buildings out something where we it was a kind of a large living area with a bedroom, living area, kitchen, dining room sort of thing, bathroom, and I have a walkout to my in my house. So it's mm-hmm. not like it's it's light, it's airy, it it works. I mean, I spend most of my time down there because my office is down there right now. But that's the only time I'm down there, really, is I go into my office, I come, I go up. So if we move my office upstairs, because I do have the room, then the downstairs becomes available. Well, I just saw something that could be discerning or disturbing, not discerning, disturbing. Oh, dear. And that's if you move your office up into your second bedroom and you move your 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 exercise room up into your third bedroom, then there isn't a spare bedroom for yet and I to come to. <laughs> well, actually, no, do not be concerned, Ken. <laughs> Don't be concerned. We're not we moving, got a strategy. We're not moving the exercise room upstairs oh. because I have two entrances downstairs. So I can still have an entrance to one area of the house and still maintain mm, the exercise room. So we're going to have the common area downstairs would be the laundry room. Okay, so you'd share the common. The laundry. Right. The other option we considered was putting a laundry upstairs and reconfiguring just some closet space, then putting a stackable upstairs if it ever became necessary. Mm-hmm. But at this time, it wouldn't probably be the best strategy. So if you're looking at, like, can I keep the house I have? Like, as you're following Suzanne's journey, the point is to pay attention to your own journey and go, what things from this can I use in my own observations and my own strategy as I'm building it out? And you can, of course, call us and we'll have a one-on-one consultation with you. And you may be able to pick out some thoughts and insights right here as we're talking about. Mm. So what you're saying is 
sometimes you may not be ready financially to buy a second property, but you may be ready financially to create an ancillary unit in the property you have if it's set up properly mm-hmm. for it. Like a lot of people have the, the older bungalows with a side entrance, and that entrance can be turned into a entrance to the basement. I think also if you're not ready in your mind um, to think of the possibility of being ready, because when I started this, I was not I was not in a position to be ready. However, I knew that this was the journey where I wanted to end up. So my efforts over the years has been to ensure that I become ready. And and so what I would say to everyone listening is that just because you're not in the position to do it now, do the work and do the planning to put yourself in the position. Because where we start is never where we have to end up. Right. right. And one of the things you would encourage people to do, I know you've said it to me when we weren't here right now, is read the wealth formula. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I loved reading the wealth formula because it was like it was like a checklist. And I read it t- towards the end of my prep journey. Um, and it was check, 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 check. However, one of the things I was blessed to do was to sit down with a financial advisor. Uh, and I chose the financial, my financial advisor the same way I chose you guys she came to me with a strategy, a retirement strategy. And she told me, you were going to invest here, we're going to do this, and you need to buy three to four properties. And it was that clear. And I was like, hmm. there's my plan. I know what to do. Okay, let's go do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quote from Ken of Manitou. <laughs> 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 Which is, sometimes your right move is right in front of you. And you still have to do the work. To find it. So do the prep work. So whether it's reading the wealth formula, reading another financial book, but get the things in order so you have a clearer picture of what your next step might be. So sometimes you might ask, if I'm staying put, how can this be my first investment property? We've enjoyed for 30 years, not only helping people buying, selling, and investing in real estate, helping people also build their finances, which I guess is part of the investing thing, but it goes a little bit deeper, helping people build their fun, helping people build their faith, and even strengthen, heal, and flourish in their relationships. Technically, 30 years of helping people have an even better life. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I hear in-law apartment or ancillary apartment because in-law apartments or carriage house is a different thing. What's be it? careful. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Be careful. Well, be careful with your language because they mean different things. And sometimes an in-law suite can't have a formal kitchen, right? Whereas an ancillary apartment may be able to have a kitchen. You really got to check with your local bylaws and zoning for your for your property, right? With whatever city or mm-hmm. municipality you're in. in. So what you're going to learn in this episode is as we continue on Suzanne's journey is what things has she explored that maybe you want to explore too if you're thinking, I could keep my current property, make it my investment property, and either stay in part of it or leave it all together, mm-hmm. which we considered as well. Absolutely. And we felt more lucrative was to stay, probably, mm-hmm. unless you end up with what? Going into a property and going, ooh, that's nice. <laughs> Is that it? That's all you're going to say? Ooh, yeah. ah. 
Like That's fireworks. Nice. Yeah. Fireworks. Yes. Yeah. Right. You know, the irresistible. I have the picture in my mind. Mm, I, I know what it, I know what it looks like, but I haven't seen it yet. It's a bit of a mansion. Yeah. So if we walk into that, then you may shift gears. And so right now we're following your journey. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is there may be twists and curves and turns. Well, I, I think for me, I always think that it's, it's important to may, stay open, like to have right. a focus and a plan, but stay open to possibilities because you never know when something's going to land in your lap. Mm. Right. So. So, so what preparatory work have you done so far with the idea of building an ancillary apartment? Well, uh, one, one was, Yet and I just walked through my place and did some brainstorming, which was really helpful. And we looked at like where, what could be done um, and, and really found out it was really quite simple to put up a wall, finish a bathroom and those sorts of things. And the space is already there for the bathroom. Right. It's already wrapped in. So essentially everything is there. It just was locking one door and opening another door and... Having access, if you ever wanted to turn it back into a single family home, it would be easy. Yeah, it would be basically opening a door. Yeah. That, that was that Unlocking simple. a door. And so one of the things I also uh, have a friend who is a home, home inspector and he's done work in my home as well. So I sat down with him and kind of brainstormed and what he, and what he said is like, it can't be a full apartment. I can't put in a full kitchen. We can't. No, I can put in a kind of like a kitchen. A hot plate, kitchenette, big that's, that sort of thing. Yeah, hot plate, no oven, but you could put in a microwave or a convection microwave. Right. And so, and and so he said it. You know, it's really doable. It's it'll it'll you'll definitely be able to rent it. And he and he, and one of the things that's really cool is he said, "Let me come by, and do another walkthrough, and we'll we'll t- we'll talk some more." So that was really, really cool in terms of just knowing the parameters of where I was starting. Right. Because it's all dependent on, if you're listening to this, your zoning. So you want to connect with your city or municipality to figure out, you can find so much of this online now too, just to figure out what your options are. Because maybe you have an R2 zoning, maybe you have an R3 or an R4. And, I, and, and you, you can do different things, right? And I think the thing about having a guide, and, and this was key for me, was those may not have necessarily been things I would have thought up right up front, right? I might have gotten to them um, in, at moments I didn't want to get to them. And I think what it was, was having guidance allowed you guys to say, well, let's look at this. Think about this. Think about that. Like even walking through and yet it was pointing out different things and, and pointing out, you know, this would have to be taken care of and this would have to be checked. It just made it so much simpler in terms of it was, it were, they were my blind spots and we all have them if it's not our expertise. And so for me, it was like, yeah, okay, let's check these things. But again, clarity and clarity, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's almost like we take another step and it becomes clear. We take another step, it becomes clear. I have a question. It's getting on the phone and having experts to answer that question versus me, one, doing legwork. And I don't know about anybody else, but the internet has a lot of answers and a lot of them aren't true. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just like, right. whoa. So it was that quote, we, we are overfed with information yeah. but we don't necessarily have knowledge right because how do you disseminate all that information people go well there's all the answers are on the internet yes they are 
But how do you find the right answer? And the right answer for me, given my circumstances. And, and because you know me, you can, you can speak into me from a knowing versus a guessing. Right. Right. And one of the things we talked about is just why even move if we're going to move for something inferior. It's not Uh, just an exercise in futility. mm -hmm. It's an exercise in building money through your property. Mm -hmm. And and I got to say, I appreciate that because you could have easily said to me, well, yeah, you know, you need to move. This is, this is how it happens. And you're going to get two properties, but you were willing to say, well, let's one look two let's crunch some numbers. Let's look. And I, and I think the thing that you talked to me about that I was like, oh, let's look at the tax implications. Let's look at all those things that often people find out after the fact. They've gone down the road and now they find out tax-wise they've got a problem, all these things. And to have that up front, it may feel like more legwork. However, I'd rather do the legwork beforehand than scramble and have to figure out what to do now that Mm -hmm. I'm in it. And it is more legwork. Yeah. And legwork is healthy because it means you didn't pay for the experience. Your time invested in doing research was your payment, not lost money. I had a client just like about two months ago come to me and he chose not to enlist a realtor with the help of buying this property to build a house on it for an investment. And then he came to me and told me, about his beautiful plans and showed me the building plans and showed me the lot. And I went, oh, mm. it's going to cost you a lot of money. And I didn't say anything because at this point he'd already done the thing and he did his research after and we just sold the property because it wasn't without him going building on it. without him building on it because it wasn't going to be economically sensible for him. It was going to cost him too much based on what the value was going to be after he did it. And, 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 you know, that is key. I'm someone who has had a coach almost all my life. Mm. Like I've, I've had a coach on almost anything I've chosen to do and grow into. I've gotten a coach and they say that hindsight is 2020, but I don't want 2020 hindsight with my money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not the time to have it. Yeah. So I want to enlist guides who can take me on a well-planned journey and help me get to my destination. And I know nothing's guaranteed, but I'm going to ensure that if I can, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take that straight path. That's wise. Cause there's so many things we've, we've yeah. had clients where they, they'll build an apartment and then find out it's not legal. And then you go to sell it and you can't sell it for any money. Wow. And it's just a, a bad road to go down. Or they have to rip one out. Yeah. <sighs> And then Eleanor Roosevelt said, it takes as much energy to wish as it does to plan. Mm, so, so I think we're going to plan. We're going to plan. Get, Absolutely. get expert help to help you with your plan. Because I've also seen my, even my father build a house, which was oh. just not resellable because he did the plan instead of having an architect do the plan. Wow. Yeah. But we're honored to be your advocates and your partners on this road of real estate and life. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.